Hello everyone, this is Andre from The Mental Health and I'm here today with Polly Waite from Oxford University who's leading the CoSpace study. Hi Polly, tell us what CoSpace is all about. Hi Andre, so CoSpace is um, an online survey and we're tracking the mental health of children and young people during the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, so far we've got over 10,000 parents taking part and we've also got some adolescents aged 11 to 16 taking part as well. And we really want to better understand how families are coping during lockdown um, and beyond um, in order so that we can think about how best to support them during the crisis. And you've published a series of reports over the last few weeks which kind of highlight the ongoing findings of this research. And today you've got a new report out which is looking at the changes in mental health in children and young people. So, yeah, give us some of the top line findings of this report today. Yeah, so we're really excited about this report, actually, because this is the first report that we've produced where we're able to see changes over lockdown. So in our previous reports, we've been looking at things, uh, different aspects of how people are getting on at one time point. But this is the first time we're able to look at things over the course of a month to see how things are changing. And that's been really interesting. We've looked at the data separately for children aged four to ten. So children who are primary school aged. Um, and then we've also separately looked at um, teenagers, so young people aged 11 to 16, to see the patterns in, in terms of what's been happening. And actually, there have been really different patterns depending on the age of the young person. So parents of children um, have reported, actually, that over this course of a month, that they've seen an increase in their children's um, emotional difficulties. So children being more clingy, worried and unhappy um, over that time period. Uh, and parents have also reported an increase in children's behaviour um, difficulties. So they've noticed more arguments, more temper tantrums, uh, more children not doing what their parents are asking them to do. And then also we've been asking them a bit about things like their children's attention and distractibility, that kind of thing. Um, and again, parents of children are reporting increases um, in their children's restlessness and attentional problems um, during this period. Um, and then um, in terms of the teenagers, we've seen actually quite a different pattern. So that's been um, a bit of a surprise because actually what parents of our teenagers have reported is that actually um, they haven't seen uh, an um, increase in emotional difficulties. So instead, they're reporting that actually their, their teenagers seem to be emotionally a little bit better than, than they were at the beginning of lockdown. Um, and things haven't got worse. In fact, they've got slightly better. Um, whereas they've had seen no change in terms of their children's behaviour. Um, but they have, a bit like the younger children, seen that children, the teenage children have had a few more difficulties with things like concentration and attention and being restless over that, over that time. Now that we're seeing some of the lockdown restrictions being lifted, how do you see these, uh, the implications for families? Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it, that, that it has been more challenging over time for, um, for our younger children. And, and presumably that relates to things like, you know, maybe a bit of a loss of routine, some of the support that comes with school. But, but presumably a large part of it is children's lack of opportunity to interact with their friends. You know, it's not the same if you're doing a video call when you're five. You'd much rather be playing with your friends than looking at them on a screen. So you know, hopefully as lockdown um, measures get relaxed, then our younger children are going to have more of an opportunity to start to do the things that we think are really important for their well-being. Um, you know, that's about being able to mix with their friends, being able to play again, albeit socially distanced. And, you know, as they start to return to school, hopefully that provides them with those opportunities 
um, sort of socially and, and academically so they can kind of get back to normal life. Um, one of the things that was interesting in our first report is we asked our parents what the major stressors were for them. Uh, and actually the parents said that their number one stressor, um, three quarters of our sample um, are, are working. And, and so parents reported the number one stressor actually as their own work, followed by their children's well-being. So presumably to some degree, you know, given how dependent children at this age are on their parents, some of this is likely to reflect the challenges of trying to educate your child at home whilst you're trying to work and do all the other things that are required of you. And that's really challenging for families. So I think, you know, as children are able to get back to school, as they are able to spend time with other adults um, and mix more, hopefully that gives parents a bit of a break and, um, and that will help things improve a little bit. This is an ongoing piece of research. It's going to carry on for some time yet. What are you looking for now for people who are um, thinking about participating, parents, young people? Yeah, so we're really keen to, to have more people take part. So although we've got a large number of people participating in the co-space study, so it's over 10,000 families, but we're really keen to better understand families where, you know, they may be more vulnerable. We're keen to hear from families, you know, of a real mix in terms of their backgrounds, families with lower um, sort of incomes, uh, families where they come from black and minority ethnic groups, um, children of key workers, uh, looked after children. So, you know, we want to get a good range. And at the moment, you know, our survey, like most surveys, isn't nationally representative. Um, but because we're sort of reporting on a range of different groups, we're really keen to hear from a huge range of people. Um, the survey also is across the whole of the UK. Um, so again, we're really keen to hear from people um, whether you know they're in Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland, in England, um, but we'd we'd really love as many as people as possible to take part. And you know, although a particular focus of ours has been how things are doing over lockdown, actually we're really keen to carry on with this survey and keep recruiting because we're really interested to see what happens when schools go back. And obviously for the secondary schools, that's not going to be till September at the earliest. And you know, one of our findings that that actually our teenagers on the whole, in our sample at least, seem to be doing okay. Um, it will be really interesting to see how that pattern may or may not change when we come to going back to school. Um, and we know for some of our young people who perhaps have things like pre-existing mental health difficulties, so for example, might have anxiety, you know, it, it's very possible that going back to school is going to be a trigger um, for mental health difficulties. For some of our children with maybe neurodevelopmental difficulties, having a different routine, getting back into school, managing school, being a different environment, you know, is likely to be really challenging. So we're really keen for people to carry on signing up to the study so that we can actually look at other points where we think um, things might be changing. And it's really important for us to be able to help advise policymakers and practitioners how best they can support families um, during these kind of key points during the crisis. Thank you.